0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Glad everybody uh, braved the cold wind and weather to come out. Um, you know, I was thinking last night, I was like, only in Louisiana would the snow not stick twice in one month and people get excited about it. <laughs> but uh, to think that it snowed twice already this year is kind of cool, even though it hasn't stuck. But um, it's the little things, I guess, that make us happy, and especially nowadays, that's, that's a good thing, that we can still find joy in that. Um, I'd like to share a verse real quick before I open with announcements. It's uh, James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. On the announcements today, um, we have a guest speaker as well, uh, Stacy Leonard, and the rest of his clan have decided to come and invade us. So we're glad they are here from Liberty Grove, and uh, I'll tell you more about him later. Um, everybody knows kind of the gist of giving and offering now. We have the drop box in the back, or uh, you can give online at Cypress Street Church. Uh, let's see, cypressstreetchurch.church slash give. Um, You can do that. Um, This Wednesday, we'll have Bible study with Ray Owens. Um, Next Sunday, we'll have a worship service with my brother. So plan appropriately for that. Um, I think it'll be a a good service there. Um, And then January 31st, that would be the Monday after two Sundays from now. I think that's right. Um, We'll be going to Grace Place, so we'll need donations for oatmeal cream pies. So if you have any, uh, preferably a full box, I wouldn't bring any that you've already eaten. Uh, That would be best for that. Um, Before we start worship, Mike Cootie is going to come up, I believe, wherever he may be. Hey, there he is. Uh, He's going to come up and share a little thing about the search team and our pastor search. So. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Good to have you out in here where it's nice and toasty warm this morning. Just wanted to give you a little update on what's been happening, what, what we're asking for help with uh, from the search team. The uh, search team has been praying and reaching out to every source available to us uh, for a candidate these last few months. Uh, we've also been blessed to have the assistance and guidance of our state Regional Pastor Ray Owens. Uh, but at this time, God has not provided a candidate for us to present to you, the church family. As you may be aware, there is a national shortage of pastors in our country, not only in the church of God, but in all uh, denominations. However, we don't uh, let this deter us in our pursuit. Uh, if you remember Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. And we cling to that in our search. We were very blessed to have Scott Lamb agree to serve as our interim minister for six months. He completed his six months uh, as interim in December, but he's agreed to continue to come and fill in and speak for us uh, as needed, as he's available um, we really appreciated Scott and Rebecca's uh, time of ministry with us. We've also been blessed to have other inspirational ministers bring us a message from God's Word each Sunday for our worship services, and we we especially appreciate uh, Stacy coming this morning. Carolyn has done an excellent job for us in scheduling each week, and we are thankful that our church family has continued together and support the church ministry and each other. We were recently commended by a guest minister for our faithful attendance on a, uh, another uh, icy uh, Sunday morning. Even though it's been longer than we had all hoped, we believe that God has a pastor for us. We believe that God will open the door and guide the path to this pastor in his time. We recently have made contact with uh, someone who might be a possibility for us, someone who's praying and seeking for uh, calling on their end and and, uh, decisions on where they want to go. Our search team is asking you to pray with us. Continue to pray with us. Pray always and fervently. Pray for the person of God's own calling. Pray for being a prepared body, ready for the shepherd to the flock to come to us. And uh, at this time, I'll start off with the uh, morning prayer. If you'll pray with me. Father, we thank you for this uh, Sunday morning and time to be together. Uh, I know it's difficult in this... Weather to, to get out and, and face the wind and the cold, but uh, Father, we know that uh, the love of your warmth uh, and warmth in this house uh, will make it worthwhile. We ask that you continue to uh, be with those who are unable to be with us this morning, who are feeling under the weather, and those who. Are traveling, but we pray that you will be with them as well this morning and that others will be listening in uh, online and uh, receive a blessing uh, from the words and from your word that's spoken. Father, uh, we do ask that you will continue to be with your search team here and the congregation uh, as we wait expectantly. for the person of your own calling Uh, as you prepare that person and uh, and ready them for uh, ministry here prepare us as well uh, that uh, we will be uh, fully uh, open and uh, in tune with your will for our lives and we ask that you will be in the service this morning and the after circles and pray that you will bless and give us what we need today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Won't
2: you stand with us this morning as we begin our worship service singing a beautiful song, Holy
1: Spirit.
3: Holy Spirit Each spirit come about. in all I do. Holy Spirit, from creation's birth, giving life to all that God has made.
2: Show your power once again on earth,
3: cause your church to hunger for your way.
2: Arise Lead us On the road of Saturday.
3: power of
2: sin and darkness Who love is mighty And so much stronger The King of glory The King, King above all kings Who takes the world With holy thunder Who leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That she should take my place. That she should bear my cross. You lay down your life that I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules a nations with trust and justice, Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you will take my place That you will bear my cross.
3: You will lay down your life And I would be set free Jesus, I sing for
2: all that you've done for me
3: This is
2: amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my
3: place. That you would bear my cross. You would down your life. And I would be set free.
4: I sing for all that you done for me Amen. You may be seated.
2: Children, I believe it's time for you to go see what you have in store.
0: Uh, introduce Stacy this morning. Uh, I'd like to point your attention to our prayer needs. Um, As Mike said before, our search team uh, they're uh, they need to be on our prayers just for uh, finding the perfect match for the church and uh, making sure that the perfect match knows that we're the perfect match. So um, Lonnie Swan uh, Donna and James Vickery, they've been sick for I think a little over a week or so Um, so just pray for them. Sandy Adams, she's here this morning, thankfully. So uh, Miss Shirley, uh, the Molly Thorpe family, Jerry Crane, um, John Crane, let's see, Marie and L.B. they there in uh, need of prayer, and uh, the Sanctity of Life Sunday as well. Um, I'm asking you also just to pray with me too uh, with Stacy just to his word today uh, ruffles our feathers and and gets in our hearts. And uh, before I pray, I'd just like to introduce Stacy and the rest of his family. Um, His wife, Angie, is here with their daughter, Anna Grace, and then the rest of, uh, I believe, Stacy's parents are here as well, Um, and then maybe cousins, brothers, older daughter, son-in-law, and their children. Awesome. That's great. So almost everybody except Darren, thankfully. So (laughs) we're good. Um, Stacy, he grew up at Liberty Grove, and then he kind of moved away from there. And uh, Then 12 years ago, he rededicated his life to Christ. And ever since then, um, he's been wanting to to serve the Lord wherever he's needed and uh, just preach about him. and, And pretty much just the Great Commission has been his... His goal since then. So uh, we're thankful that he's here today and thankful for his uh, message that he'll bring today. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, I thank you for for your love and your grace. Um, and I thank you so much for for blessing us with, with all you have, Lord. And I just ask that, that we recognize that because uh, a lot of times we don't. Um, you can bless us daily with things that we may never even see. We love you, Lord, and I just ask you to be... Uh, with every everyone on this prayer list, Lord And uh, be with us today as this brings the message We love you, and we thank you for your grace Amen
4: Am I on? Can you hear me okay? Well, thank you so much for that introduction And I would be in a lot of trouble if I didn't introduce all my kids um, Morgan is my oldest daughter, she's 28 years old We have two grandkids, and her husband Seth is here I do have a 21-year-old son He's working today, so he couldn't be here So my mom and dad and Uh, My wife and Anna Grace are here, so I'm always glad to have them here. I'm always encouraged and and blessed to have my mom and dad here because for a lot of years, my mom thought I'd be a preacher one day. And up until about 18 or 19, she held that hope right here, and then I just went another way. So I think that she thought, I don't know if it's going to make it or not, but any time that I get to preach in front of my mom and dad, I'm really proud to do that. And I'm proud to preach the word at all. You know, there's a lot of things in my life that I have to do. This is something I get to do. And I'm very, very proud of that because there's a time in my life that I didn't do that. And I missed some opportunity to reach some people. God uses us in great ways, but we got to be willing to let him use us. And I didn't do that for a long time and I missed some time and I may have missed some people. And I'm trying to make up for that in a big way. So I'm excited to be here. I'm blessed to be here. Yeah, Darren's not here, so, which is really good because I use him in my service a lot, my, my sermons a lot, and some of it I make up. So when he's not here, it goes over really, really good. So, yeah. <laughs> But he would be here, I promise you, if he uh, was not working today. So uh, he uses that as an excuse a lot, so, uh, but he would have been here. So thank you again for being here. It's been some time since I've been to this church. I was asking a little bit earlier, I think I was in the old sanctuary when I was a kid at one time. So this is all brand new to me and it looks beautiful. Uh, y'all got a beautiful sanctuary and a beautiful church and, and again I'm glad to be here. And I got some familiar faces in the audience. It's not just my family. I've met some of you over the years. Mr. Lane, you knew me as a kid. You didn't think I'd ever be up here, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, super stoked to be here. So let me ask you some questions this morning. And I'm kind of a conversational speaker, okay? I may ask you some questions and maybe sometimes I want some answers because we're in this together. I'm preaching to me as much as I'm talking to you, okay? So the things that I talk about are usually things that have happened in my life that I needed to address or still need to address. And I'm talking to you because maybe if I have it going on in my life, maybe you have it going on in your life too, right? And the thing I want to ask you today, when you hear someone say, we need to minister to lost souls, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What's that? Ourselves. Ourselves? Ooh, that's a good one. Man, he must have read my letters today. <laughs> what about unbelievers? Those that don't know Christ? Right? But today I want to challenge you a little bit. Because is it possible that somebody that goes to church every Sunday, everybody that worships every Sunday, goes to Sunday school every Sunday, could be losing their soul to the world? Is it possible? Because you cannot turn on the television today. You cannot watch the news without all kinds of terrible stuff being preached down our throats, right? Think about it. Have you ever seen so much deceitfulness and dishonesty ever in our world? My message today is going to cover some of that because I do believe that if we're not actively engaged in what Christ has us to do, we can fall victim to the world. And who roams the world to devour us? Somebody give me that. Satan. Satan's in the world and he's roaming every single day to try to take us down. I know it because I lived it for 20 years and he taken me down. It took Jesus stepping in my life to change my life to get me to the other side of that. And guess what? The devil does not stop working on me now. Just because I'm saved and just because I'm trying to do what God has me do doesn't mean he stops. And I'm sure he doesn't stop in your life. He will beat us down. His job is to destroy us all the way to the end. It's so sad to see people in our community hooked on meth and any other type of drug. Beautiful young people that can't even function in society anymore because of their dependence on drugs. That's what he's trying to do with us. It may not be meth. It may be some other type of drug. Money. Power. The flesh. The flesh. The devil is going to use every tool at his disposal to take us down. And we have to be ready, church. We have to fight. And we need to go and do what God has us to do. As I get older, I can't see anymore, so I can put my glasses on. Anybody else have that problem? All right. All right. Mark 8, 35 and 36 says this. Whomever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? That message is really key this morning. Because what does the world teach us? You've got to have money. you got to have power. you got to have this. you got to have these possessions. you got to have all these things, right? But the truth is this verse tells us what does all that gain you? Because when we're put six foot under, guess what? None of that goes with us. It stays here on this earth for somebody else to take care of, but our soul is what's everlasting. Our soul is going what goes to heaven and rejoices with Jesus Christ every single day. So I want to talk this morning about three ways that our souls can be in jeopardy even if we go to church, even if we go to Sunday school, Even if we sing worship. Because the devil does not care about these doors. He will come in this place and try to take over every step he can. we got to pray him out. we got to keep him out of our churches. And I will say this too. He's in our churches and I'll tell you why. The attendance of church around the world is down tremendously. Think about it. Our church, Liberty Grove... We had attendance before the COVID. It was up to about 140, 150 people. We're lucky if we get 100 on a Sunday now. Now, I understand there are some real concerns about COVID, right? But there's also some real excuses about it too. Why is our church is not full of people? When you think that everything's going crazy in the world, why is our church is not full of people? Because the world's working on them. Satan's working on us. So three ways today... That our soul can be lost. The first way you can starve your soul. In Matthew 4.4 4, it says man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the turn. That's the pivot point. Whenever we're not listening to God, we're listening to the world. Let me repeat that. Whenever we're not listening to God, church, we're listening to the world. And if we turn God off and only listen to the world, that's how we lose our soul. And that's scary. And it should scare us. Because that's not what we want to do. We want to live for God, not die to the devil. This verse of scripture here, you've heard this one before, the rich man and Lazarus. It's Luke 16, 19 through 31. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, and I think it'll be posted up here. Let me read through this real quick. You've heard it before, but let's read through it again this morning, okay? Starting uh, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Verse 19, it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate lay a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell to the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony and fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things but now he is comforted here and you are in agony and besides all this between us and you is a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot nor could anyone cross over there to us he answered then I beg you father send Lazarus to my family for I have five brothers let him warn them So they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And you may ask, Stacy, why aren't you including that in your sermon this morning? Because I think it's very important in our churches that we also mention hell in our sermons. Heaven is absolutely a glorious place. The Bible tells us we can't even imagine how great heaven's gonna be. But there is a flip side of that that we miss a lot of time in our sermons in our churches. There is a hell. And if we don't receive the salvation of Jesus Christ, you and I both will go to hell. And it is a real place, and it's a real place of torment, and it's a real place of agony. Read the Bible, read what it says. It is not a make-believe place to scare people or to have a scare tactic. There is a hell. And if we don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we will go to hell, and so will everybody else. Church, people are starving for the gospel. We make it too complicated sometimes. Sometimes we have, feel like we have to be this great speaker, this great singer or whatever to be able to preach the gospel, just talk about the gospel, whatever. Jesus tells us just to be obedient. Just tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. He will do the rest. But we also have to be fair to people and say, here's what happened if you don't receive the gift of salvation. There is a burning, everlasting hell. As beautiful as... As heaven's going to be and is already. Guess what? Hell is just that awful. Somehow in our society, the world has entered into our sermons and said, you know what? People only want to hear about the good things. People only want to be felt good in church. Maybe that's true. But could we be doing this service to those that need to hear the word of Christ? If they don't know the flip side of that. Absolutely. I don't think we should dwell on hell and churches, but we got to preach it. They need to know. I didn't get my salvation because I was scared of hell. I got my salvation because I love Jesus Christ. Amen. We can preach that, can't we, folks? Do you remember? Do you remember the first time that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you remember the feel? We need to recapture that. And the way that we do is be excited to talk about Christ. Yes, talk about hell, but be more excited to talk about Christ. We cannot let our souls be devoured by the devil. I have another parable that I want to read, and you've heard this one as well. It's the parable of the rich fool. It's in Luke 12, 13 through 21. If you want to turn there. Oh, by the way, my, my youngest daughter asked me, how long are you going to preach today? And I never know, guys. I never know. This thing could be 20 minutes or it could be 30 minutes. I don't have, it. I have a clue. But when I get on a roll, I may step on my tiptoes a little bit because I get excited about talking about Christ. And I am super excited to be here today. And a grace I still don't know. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint here in a minute. So the parable of the rich fool... Beginning in verse 13, it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? Then he said, Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. He thought of himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store a surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up in, for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. I want you to focus in on that last part right there. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The reason I emphasize that verse is because I think that's what happens to us a lot when we're talking about people that go to church and how our soul relates to that. Sometimes in church we get that feeling like... Be happy, drink, and be merry, right? We're in church. I'm doing the church things. Man, I even go on Sunday night and Wednesday nights. Man, we had a three-day revival, and I made it every single night. Folks, it's like we're patting ourselves on the back about what we're getting to do for Christ. I think that's dangerous. I think it's dangerous for us to get a comfortable feeling that I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. I'm going through the traditions of going to church and doing the things of church. Folks, We can become complacent in our churches. It's happening. It's happening. It's not just a church of God that's having problems with attendance. It's not just a church of God that's having problems getting pastors. I was on the search committee for our church for a long time. We were fortunate we had some speakers that were able to speak and kind of cover for six months while Brother Ray went to another church. Love Brother Ray. Um, Super proud for him to get back home. But guess what? We can become complacent very, very quick. The thing that changes that in our churches is our love for Jesus Christ and our ability and our desire to want to share Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to anybody else. It's important that we show the distinctive nature between us and the world. The Bible tells us we're a different creature. That doesn't mean bad. That means good. And we need to continue that. The second thing I want to talk about today is you can strangle your soul. Mark 4:19 says, "The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful." I want to take you back again to the time that you were first saved. You remember how much you wanted to tell everybody about Christ? You remember how much you wanted to go to church and how much you enjoyed it? How worship at that time was so great because the tenderness you had for Christ at the time. What happened to that? Anybody got an answer? What happened to that tenderness? What happened to that innocence that we had toward Christ at that time? Give me one word. The world. The world. Church, as soon as we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the devil turns it up a notch. He goes, "Oh no, you were a good soldier for me, Stacy Leonard. For 20 years you lived for me. I didn't know I was living for him, but I was. I was not doing the things that Christ wanted me to do. I was doing things that I wanted to do. And God reached down and pulled me down and took me to my knees. On one Sunday morning when I thought I was just attending church. And it changed my life. But the reason the tenderness was so important at that time is because we have such an, just such an aspiration to be around God and godly things. We have to fight for that. We have to fight to keep that. Because guess what? When you come to worship and you've already worshiped on your way to church, guess what? Worship is that much better. When you've already prayed that morning that the message would speak to your heart this morning, guess what? You're going to have a better message. we got to prepare ourselves. We're the entertainment society, right? We want to go to church and be entertained. Well, guess what? God's not in the business of entertaining. He's in the business of changing lives. Church becomes better. The things of Christ become better when we prepare, prepare our hearts and our souls for it. And we all know that here. But still, we find ourselves getting complacent because the devil does not quit pulling at us and telling you, you know what? It's 39 degrees outside today. Do you really want to get out there today? Because inside of this house is 72. And man, this comforter feels really, really good. He never quits fighting for your soul. But neither does Christ. He never quits fighting. Church, you believe that? I thought you did. There are examples of stuff that takes place in the world. Work, sports, school, home life. There was a time in our society when we never practiced on a Wednesday night or never had a game on a Wednesday night or never had a game on a Sunday. Has that changed? Did Jesus make that declaration? I know that Sundays and Wednesdays are not something that has to be done because you can worship anywhere. We can absolutely worship on a Tuesday. We can have service on a Thursday. But why was it able for these things to enter into our holy days that we consider reverent toward our Christ Sunday and Wednesday why? the world entered into that and now church is it totally acceptable to have practice on a Wednesday night? oh yeah what about Sundays? oh yeah right after church though right after church folks you know it's true you know it's true and then grace the final thing number three you can surrender your soul you can surrender your soul. 1 Peter 2:11 says this, "Beloved, I urge you to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul." This is number 3 and it's the final and it's the final for a reason. At some point when you let all this stuff kind of enter into your world, okay? You were going to church, you were doing the Sunday school, you were doing the worship, but slowly and surely the world started taking this away from you a little bit at a time, right? You know what? I go on Sunday mornings. I don't need to go on Sunday nights. I don't need to go on Wednesdays. How much church do I really need? Right? Mom, you remember I used to tell you that? I was like, oh, once a month, how much do I need? Little did I know and how ignorant I was, the fact that I needed it a lot more than I had it. But Satan will slowly start to ease in your mind. You don't need that. Or, folks, I don't like so-and-so at church. Man, if I see her one more time, she says something to him, I'm just going to walk away. She gets on my nerves. He gets on my nerves. If Darren sings behind me one more Sunday with that loud voice, and <laughs> I'm just not going to go back. <laughs> I told him one time, just picking, I said, Darren... When you're singing and everybody turns around to see who's singing, that's not always a good thing. <laughs> he don't care. If y'all know him, he don't care. But it's subtle. The devil's been doing this for so long, he's very subtle. And we engage in that kind of conversation. You know, we always called it gossip in the past. We don't really talk about that much anymore either. But the truth is... It's not gossip. It's Satan interfering in our worship and our time with the Lord. If we are having a problem with somebody in church, we need to pray about it. We need to get over it. Because your soul is more important than sitting beside somebody that maybe you just don't jive with just well. Okay? Your service to the Lord is more important than to say, you know what, I've had enough. I've already been one time this month. I'd read a stat one time that said that Normal church attendance is once a month now. Y'all didn't grow up in the Leonard House, because in Leonard House, it was a minimum three times a week. Minimum. And back in those days, folks, we had week long revivals. And as a kid, that was forever. But the world told us, no, nah, we can only have three day revivals. Why? We gave into it, right? We gave into it. When do we stop giving in? When do we stop letting the world tell us how to do what we do? The only person should ever tell us what to do and how to do is Jesus Christ. Amen, right? Quit letting the world tell us what to do. And that's what's happening. Not here because you're here. But it's happening. Folks, in my opinion, there has to be excitement around The testimony of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. I um, covered Sunday nights for about five or six years at Liberty Grove. My concern was that we wouldn't have Sunday night services anymore. A lot of churches decided that and that's fine. I've always had kind of a burden for Sunday night services. Because when I was growing up, that was one of the most fun services we had for youth or whatever, right? But when I was going to church, I realized that on Sunday nights... Sunday mornings, we may have 100, 120, 130. Sunday nights, somebody give me a number what you think will happen on a Sunday night. Ten, fifteen. And I always wondered, why is that? Why is that? So I told Brother Ray, he asked me to fill in one Sunday night, and I did, and he asked me if I would continue. I said, absolutely, I'll continue. And we did, and we ended up having about 50 to 60 a night. Took some time. But it wasn't that people didn't want to come. They had to see excitement about coming. They had to see excitement about Jesus Christ. Right? Folks, we can make the change. We're the generation that needs to make the change. It's not my mom and dad's generation. It's not many of your generations, because you're here. But what changed in our lives now, church is not that important more. The things of Christ are not that important anymore. The world. The world. There's so much going on that takes up our time that we just fall into it. And guess what? It's very convenient. It's very convenient to stay home. It's very convenient not to do the things of the Lord. But we have to fight that. So the three things... They can affect your soul. You can starve your soul. You can you can strangle your soul, and you can surrender your soul. So I've got some questions for you. You don't have to answer these out loud. Do you see these things happening in your life, or the lives of somebody you love? Do you see any of these things playing a role in your life? If we do, we've got to snuff it out and quickly. Okay? Do you see those things in your life? Maybe you see all of them. Maybe everything that I mentioned today fell in some category in your life and you're saying, you know what? Yes, I feel it. I feel it in my life. I'm being pulled in a different direction. I got an answer for you. It's an answer that most of you here in church have heard a thousand times. And it's this, have a conversation with the Lord. Years ago, when I was a kid, we used to have prayer services on Sunday nights. And we turned around on the, on the pews and knelt down and prayed on the pews. Everybody did. Anybody know Mr. S- Sister Maidine? Y'all remember that name? When you're a kid and she prays, that is a long time. But we got down on our knees and we prayed. And the way it happened is somebody over here would start praying. They never would say amen. Somebody over here would pick up and start praying. And somebody over here would start praying. And we never knew when it was going to end. I guess when everybody got tired of praying. But that's the answer, folks. When these things are starting to affect our lives, get down on our knees. God, I need to live my life for you. God, I know these things are affecting my service to you. Please take it away from me. Give me the ability to block the temptations in my life that keep me from doing the things that you want me to do. Prayer is the answer, folks. That's another thing the devil tries to get in your way, right? Pray when it's convenient for you. Pray only at these times. No, my opinion is you have a constant state of prayer with Christ all the time. Just like we did when we prayed in church and nobody knew what was going to end. We never say amen. I try to make a practice of that. and I'm not good at it at all the time. But I do better at it because I never say amen. God, I'm talking to you all day long. All day long. And guess what? That's what Christ wants from you. is a relationship. The ability to change your life for the better. To be a part of your life so that you may work for his cause. I told you earlier. I've spent a lot of my life not doing the things of the Lord, but doing the things I wanted to do. How many opportunities did I miss to preach the word, to talk to people about Christ? Carver, and I know you've done a lot of missionary work in your past, or still do. Guatemala, where have you been? Just a bunch of places. Yep. I've had an opportunity to go to Nicaragua three or four times to do some missionary work. You want to talk about people starving for the word? They are absolutely starving for the word. And they're having worship services and they're praising the Lord and they're speaking languages. I don't know what it is. It does not matter. God is a universal language. And it's so great to see that. Church, if we want to change things and we need to change things, that's the attitude we need to have. A hunger for the Lord. So I will tell you this. If you haven't heard anything else i said... If you feel these things in your life and something's pulling you down, today, pray for that. If you have someone that you love, that you see it happen in their life, go talk to them. Because as I mentioned earlier, hell is a real place. And just going to church is not going to save you from it. It is your relationship with Jesus Christ that's going to save your soul. And we are in a battle for souls. Don't lose our soul. The church of God has as much to offer as any other denomination out there. And we're non-denominational. You know what changes us or makes a difference in our churches is our willingness to talk about the gospel. We've had this conversation on Sunday nights where somebody says, I'm just real timid about it. Share your testimony. That's one thing that nobody, no matter how smart they are, can argue against is your testimony. Because why? That's personal to me. God touched me in a way he may not have touched you, but he touched me that way. And you can argue it all day long, but that's personal. So folks, I'll end with this. Thank you for letting me be here today. I'm always excited to talk about Jesus Christ. And I am worried about the world and how it affects our churches. You're a beautiful, beautiful church here. I'm not talking about the walls. I'm not talking about the beautiful woodwork. I'm talking about you are a beautiful church here. Liberty Grove is a beautiful church. Washington Baptist is a beautiful church. But guess what? It can go away. Many of you may remember Welcome Home, Church of God. When I was a kid, that was a big church. I don't even know how many people they had there. Nobody ever would have thought that that church would have shut its doors. To the church of God. It happened. There should be a real fear and urgency about us because, guess what? Even as strong as we are as a church family, these things can happen if we let the world take over. Don't let the devil take the soul of our church. Fight, and I'll fight with you. But thank you so much for today. Do we have a song this afternoon? It's just such a blessing to be here because anytime we get to speak about the Lord, we get to share it. Take it out of here and take it with you. If you need to pray, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you just need to pray by yourself, that's fine too. Let's, let's make this deal. If you would like someone to pray for them, you come here. I'll pray with you. If you just want to pray by yourself, come here. By all means, pray. Thank you.
0: Won't you stand with us, <clears throat> if you're able, as we
1: continue our service and oh let the son of God enfold
2: you oh,
3: let the son of God enfold you with his spirit.
0: team and thank you stacy for coming thank you uh family for coming and supporting him as well i know he's uh he's glad you are here and i know you are proud of him so uh we'll close in prayer today thank you lord um for a great service today and i thank you for what you laid on uh stacy's heart and uh i pray that we just take it with us this week lord and really think about it and really uh challenge ourselves to to pray more about this and the underlying uh, maybe fear, or whether it's fear, whether it's uh, doubt, Lord, I just that you uh, bless us and keep us and thank you for uh, just giving us the encouragement and the us today. We love you, Lord, and I just ask everyone to have a great week this week. Amen. Amen.